turn in your Bible to John chapter 20, if you would please. We'll read just two or three verses of Scripture together today. Let me make a statement. I believe that the death and resurrection of Jesus should make a difference in our life. Could I please say that again? I believe that the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ should make a difference in our life. What difference has it made in your life? I read a story this morning about a boy named Zachary. He was a typical young man. He was doing poorly in math in school. Does anybody have any teenagers that does poorly in math? The parents tried everything in the world to help this kid in math. They used tutors, mentors, flashcards, special learning centers. And in short, everything that they tried to help this boy had absolutely failed. So as a last effort, they took him down to the local Catholic school and enrolled him in the Catholic school. The first day after being in school, he came home and went straight to his bedroom, opened his books, had papers all over his room, and stayed there for hours applying himself in his studies. It was amazing. She called Zachary to dinner to her shock. Zachary said, no, I think I better study. I'll just miss dinner this evening. The mother and father tried everything in the world to try to understand what happened to Zachary. Finally, Zachary brought home his report card. And in math, he had an A. And the parents were just beside themselves. And Mama looked at Zachary and said, Zachary, what in the world has happened to you? Is it the nuns that are working with you? Is it the small classes? Is it the structure in the school that has changed you so greatly? I just don't understand. And Zachary looked at her and said, well, on the first day of school, when I saw that guy nailed to that plus sign, I knew this place meant business. Have you seen the guy on the plus sign? That man changed Zachary completely. Even so much more should the cross, the empty tomb, the risen Savior should change us in a positive way. I read for you John 20, verse 19. I read for you now 
Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week. When the disciples were shut, where the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. By the way, that's the same greeting still used in the Middle East till today. Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then Jesus, then said Jesus unto them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. As the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Let's pray. I I think... We need God, God's solemn blessings on us today. Now, our Father, if ever there were a neglected command in the Word of God, it certainly would have to be this one. If ever Christendom And born-again Christians, if ever they did not comprehend their purpose for existing after salvation, if ever there was a time when we seemingly do not understand why God saved us and left us here, it would have to be in the hour in which we speak today. So Lord, open not only our understanding, but our attitude toward Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, and His Word. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. As the Father has sent me. Evidently, Jesus came from the Father. I don't know what you folks uptight about. I ain't even started preaching yet. (laughs) Evidently, the Father sent the Son. Evidently, the Father sent the Son for a designated purpose and reason. Most of us act as though Jesus died that we might be wealthy and healthy. But Jesus did not die that you and I might be healthy and wealthy. Jesus did not die that we might 
more enjoy our vacations. Jesus came to this earth, sent by God the Father, the creator of all the earth, and came to this earth for a specific reason. For God so loved the world. You remember that verse? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know the next verse. But God did not send his son to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. Jesus Christ came to this earth with a specific reason. Luke 19.10, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. I see yonder in John 17 and verse 14 as our Lord prays his Lord's prayer. He said, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast sent me to do. Finish the work. For whatever reason God sent his son. The Bible says that the son in his glorification prayer said, I have finished The work that thou hast sent me to do, I have glorified thee on the earth. Hanging on the cross, Jesus made a victorious, triumphant shout when he said, It is finished. What is finished? What God sent him to do. Are you glad? That Jesus was not a 21st century Baptist. He finished the work that God sent him to do. And then I see, after the resurrection... He said to the disciples and to all that would embrace his name. As the Father has sent me, even so send I you. Do you all know any use? Has anybody here today seen a you? Would you qualify for a you? Are you a copping out you? Or are you copping out? (laughs) You say, preacher, this is a Sunday night message. Well, you wasn't going to be here, so I thought I'd let you have it this morning. (laughs) Preacher, that's just too plain. I need something over my head so it does not bother my heart. Do you know a you? 
If you know a you, that is who Christ sent. Amen. Maybe I should have preached on the next verse. And he breathed on them. And said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. He don't have to breathe on us. The time in which the text is written is a transitional period. It's a period between the resurrection and Pentecost. And these disciples did not have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them as you do. You do not need the breath of God for you to receive the Holy Spirit. You did that when you got saved. And you have the Holy Spirit in your life. You have not been sent on your own. You have not been sent without power. You have not been sent without authority. You have not been sent without a commission. You have not been sent with by yourself. You are sent by God just like God sent His Son. Christians are to take the place of Jesus Christ on this earth. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, verse 14 through 20. You can read it one day. The love of Christ constraineth us. For if one died for all, then we must conclude that all was dead. And if one died for all, Then we are no longer to live unto ourselves, but unto him who loved us and gave himself for us. Now, ye are ambassadors for Christ. If I were to go home, to your home, and just turn on the television... And the channel you've been watching, would that be indicative of an ambassador for Christ? The radio station that you've been listening to, if I should get into your car, would it be a message that is indicative to an ambassador of Christ? If I should see your checkbook today, would there be more checks to Walmart? Than they are to the Lord's church. That is indicative of the ambassadorship that you have either embraced or rejected. We are in Christ's stead. We are the only Bible. That some lost person is reading. Somebody said there's only two reasons why people remain unsaved in the world. One is they've never seen a Christian. Two, they have seen a Christian. We are the ambassadors for Christ. How many believe the word? Do you believe the word? 
Then read 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and you'll find out that we are no longer to live to ourselves. We are to live unto him who loved us and gave himself for us. Therefore be ye reconciled unto God. And since we've been reconciled to God, God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are sent like he was sent. He was an ambassador of heaven. He represented the throne and he represented the God of the throne. Now we are in his stead. As the father has sent me, he said, even so. Send I you. The purpose our Lord was sent. I think first of all. He was sent. As a light. As a light. Paul in the book of Ephesians says. Whatsoever is manifested is manifested by light. Amen. Amen. It's dangerous to walk in my wife and Miss Mary's office without the light. Because there are two chairs in that office. And they're never where I expect them to be. And I stumble over those things. My shins bear the resemblance Of me walking over those things. Light. Manifest. Things. Before us. When Jesus came. It was a dark day. Most of you realize. That when Jesus came. Prior to him coming, for 400 years, heaven had been silent. No word from God for 400 years. No prophet, no preacher, no gospel quartet. Heaven had been silent. No word from God. Nothing from heaven for 400 years. Rome was a terrible taskmaster. Israel was in slavery. And all of a sudden, one day, Jesus came into this world. And the Bible said, I am The light of the world. He that walks in me shall not walk in darkness. A dark day when Jesus came. You know the context in John 8 and verse 12. It's the feast 
of tabernacles. God had set apart eight days by which all of Israel commemorated and remembered the wilderness wonders. All of Israel and all of Judaism moved out of their house for eight days and lived in a tent or a tabernacle just outside their house. Symbolic of Israel wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. Second thing that happened down at the temple in the court of the women, there were four great, huge candelabras, menorahs, if you please, filled with oil. And they lit these gigantic menorahs and lifted them high in the sky. And it lit up all of Jerusalem by just those lights. Indicative of in the wilderness, God was a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And Israel was to be reminded of their wilderness wonders and the provisions of God. They were reminded that in the wilderness, God fed them manna. That's why Jesus said, I am the bread of life. They were reminded that when they thirsty, smote the rock and out poured water, Jesus reminded them that I am the living water. He that believeth me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. He spake this concerning the spirit. And then... He reminded them as they lifted the large menorahs and the light just absolutely illuminated all of Jerusalem as he sat there teaching in the temple. He said, remember in the wilderness, God was a light, a guiding light. And then he said and pointed to them, I am The light of the world. He came as light. Do you understand? Without Jesus, there would be no light in this world. It was a dark day. It was a designated day. Galatians 4, 4, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, that he might redeem them that are under the law. It was a designated day. It was a dark day. The darkest day of all of Judaism. And now he says, as the Father sent me to be the light of the world, I'm going back to heaven. But this old world, Still needs the light. So as the Father sent me, even so, send I you. And did not he say to those disciples on the Sermon of the Mount, ye are the light of the world. So let your light so shine. That men may see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. 
kind of light are you? We are, listen now, light reflectors, not light generators. The church has dropped the ball trying to be a light, trying to work up their light, trying to produce light. We're not light producers. We are light reflectors. So then, this is the message which we heard of him And I declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and the truth is not in us. But if we walk in the light as he is the light, then we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. You're a light barrier. Like the moon. The moon does not generate light. It reflects light from the S-U-N. And anything that stands between the moon and the sun, it dims the light. What is it that's standing between you and the S-O-N that's dimming the light. Hello? If we say we have no sin, we lie. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins and he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. It's sin that dims the light of the S-O-N. It's sin that dims the light that heaven has sent and the world needs. It's sin. And if you say you have no sin, the Bible said you're a liar and the truth is not in you. But if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. You say, preacher, what's wrong with our church that we don't see more light? Only two reasons why a person cannot see light. Number one, he's blind. Ain't that deep? He's blind and cannot see. Paul talks about the devil having our minds blinded. Lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine through. What is it that has you blinded to the goodness of God? The riches of Christ. What is it that has you blinded? Well, it's not bad. It is if it's standing between you and the source of your light reflection for God. Because you are only the only light God has. And he sent us as light. 
Number one, if a person does not see the light, they are blind. Secondly, if they do not see the light, they choose to be blind rather than to shine for Jesus. And if you say you have no sin, you deceive yourselves. And know not and do not the word. All of those are First John chapter 1. As the Father sent me, Jesus said, so I send you to be light reflectors. Amen. Amen. How can you reflect light when you're walking in darkness? How can you reflect light when you're all you're doing is watching darkness? If you say you have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, you lie. And the truth is not in you. I thought that would be a pretty good point. Jesus said, listen, if you love me, keep my commandments. Hmm? I tell you, it's difficult for me to be light listening to you pick the time, find time to leave me loose. hard for me to be liked when I listen to jungle music. And by the way, that's the same kind of music that Aaron and his crowd had embraced at the foot of Sinai right before the orgy broke out. And you tell me you can walk in light letting the wrong thing in here and in here. Jesus said, just like the Father sent me, so send I you. He came as light. He was sent in love. He was sent in love. Greater love had this than no man, than a man lay down his life for the friend. This is a faithful saying, and whom, and worthy of all acceptation, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. And then Paul puts his little footnote of whom I am chief. He came. It was love that moved the heart of God. Here in his love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son. You say, I love God. But not enough to be a light barrier. I love God, but not enough to get out into the sun, S-O-N. 
and get out of the darkness where that the reflection of the sun can reflect in my life. I love God enough to have close, imminent fellowship and relationship so that people may see Jesus in us. It was love that moved the heart of God. It was love that moved Jesus to obey the Father. He said, as the Father hath loved me, even so I've loved you. Remain ye in my love, John 17. As the Father hath loved me, even so I've loved you. Remain ye in my love. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else would work, love lifted me. Were you lovable when God lifted you? Were you deserving when Christ died for you? I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Anybody identify with that? Far from the peaceful shore. Love lifted me. I close. In three minutes, I must be done. He was sent as light. He was sent in love. And as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. And he was sent with a longing. A longing to save you and you and you, you and you. If you'd been the only sinner in the world, the only one needing redemption, the only one left outside the fold, if you'd have been the only sinner in the world, Jesus left heaven with a longing to save your soul, give you eternal life, eradicate all your sins, write your name in the book of life, And when you die, introduce you to the Father as being His. A longing to rescue the perishing. To care for the dying. To snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. The Bible said when He saw the multitudes, He was moved. With compassion, a longing, a longing to save that which is of more value by his own confession than the whole world. He said, What would it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? You may be successful in business. 
You may be successful in parenting. You may be successful in your hobby. But you can be a success in this life and be completely bankrupt in the life to come. And Jesus came as a light to guide us to life. Look at John 8 and 12 and you'll notice a note on the light of life. And it'll take you to the book of John chapter 10. And he that hath the Son hath life and has it more abundantly. And another reference to John 10 and 28. And I give unto them eternal life and they shall never, never, never perish. He came to be the light to guide us to life everlasting. Amen. Amen. He came in love because it was love that lifted us. When nothing else could help, love pierced our hard heart. And it triggered our tear ducts probably. And down our cheeks with the evidence and rejoicing that once in our lifetime we met somebody that really, really, really loved us. And he came with a longing to see the world saved. Told us, well, I got to go home. I finished what I came to do. Now, as the Father has sent me, Even so, send I you. He sends us with the same method with which he came. Listen to God's methods. God uses people to get other people to see the light. To embrace the light and accept the light. If God should so choose today, turn to the angels in heaven and give them the command that he gave us 2,000 years ago. If God turned to the angels and said, I'm giving you now the responsibility to evangelize the world, all heaven would be vacant in a matter of seconds. And the world would be evangelized in a moment while we make excuse and enjoy God's blessings and lie, lie about our responsibilities. With the same method, with the same motivation, I tell you what, the fuel that drives the plow in redemption 
is not diesel and you don't get it from the, from the east. It's the love of God. That motivated our, motivated our Savior to come. That was the motivation power. That was what nailed him to the cross. That's what kept him on the cross is love for us. And we are to go with the same method. Huh? Same motivation. Oh, you say, well, preacher, I thought you was going to be done by 12. Oh, shut up. And with the same means. Did it astound you that at the age of 12, Jesus confounded and confused the learned theologians of his day? Did it surprise you that when he was confronted head on with the devil, that he had spent some time in this, as it is written, as it is written, as it is written. You know how your light goes dim? Spend more time in a TV guide than you do the book that produces light. Huh? And the same message, we're to take the same message. Amen? As the Father sent me with the means, with the method, with the motivation, and with the message. Moreover, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which ye received, and which you believed, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. Is anybody here saved? How did you get saved? You got saved by the gospel. Wherein you are saved, if you keep in memory. Those things which I delivered unto you, lest you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received. You can't give anybody anything if you don't have anything. You can't show light if you have no light. If you're walking in darkness, you have no light. Your light is dim. You must walk in the light as he is the light. My next door neighbor. He's older than me, so you can imagine what kind of shape he's in. He was talking to me yesterday. He said, it's terrible getting old, isn't it? I said, I wouldn't know. Well, he said, we're old over at my house. We're so old, we can't even change a light bulb at our place. I said, you know, I got a bunch of light bulbs down. Our church needs to be changed. He said, you know, we had an electrician to come out the other day to change light bulbs. And we had one that was not on. And we asked him, why won't that light bulb burn? Burn. 
He said, you need to pull the string. Why don't you today pull the string? For I delivered unto you first how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And how that he was buried that on the third day he rose again. Does that make any difference in your life? Now you can smile at me and grin behind your false teeth all you want to. But if you know my Lord, and if you've ever been to Calvary, and you visit the empty tomb, that will make a difference in your life. And if you have not, what a great day this is for you. Because he still stands with open arms saying, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest.